You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 172. Thomas and Majana just fresh off an airplane from Rocky Mountain High. And hello, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was, it's colder in Dallas than it was in Colorado. Yeah, we were kind of laughing by about 10 degrees when we were up there. Well, no, we don't tell anybody that. <laughs> no, it's beautiful here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love traffic. Oh, oh my gosh, the snow this year. This is the winter of 2018-19. And the snow in the Rocky Mountains, the western U.S., has been prolific this year like none other. Oh, absolutely beautiful. And as bad as it was last year, it is equally good this year. And, yep, I got a couple of days of it and enjoyed it (laughs) unapologetically. But we wanted to kind of pull the curtains back on the whole Aspen experience. You've been hearing it now for the last almost three years on this podcast, talking about the audiobooks that got recorded up there and then moving back to Dallas this summer and the whole thing. So I wanted to just pull the curtains back and give you a glimpse on some of that because we really uh, experienced a completion of that on this trip. We did. And thinking about it truly makes me think of the Wizard of Oz. How so? Well, Just the magic hand governing all of this on the soul's journey was um, bigger than life and behind a curtain. We had no idea what was happening. Well, that's true. And Majana came up for a few days. I was there for a couple of weeks. She came up for a few days of that and got to kind of help with that whole process of analyzing and closing. And we had a little ceremony last night uh, out by the ski slope and kind of just, uh, well, we'll talk about it here. Okay. So let's go back to the fall of 2015. Now, no, let's go back farther than that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back to itty bitty little boy. So one of the very first couple of childhood memories that turned into adult things for me personally were around fishing and mountains. Okay. So, and look, you... My story is just my story. You have your own little things that have come up in your life, so you can connect to what these are for you. But I remember one happening in my early childhood. I was probably four or five, maybe six years old, and my parents took us to this place in Arkansas called Dog Patch USA. It's not there anymore, but it was this <laughs> little, uh, little, little Abner. You remember little oh, Abner? Oh, goodness. It was dogwood, a dog patch. And yeah, and they made a little amusement park there in north central Arkansas. Right inside the admission gate was this little tiny fishing pond that was stocked full of these uh, stock tank trout. Mm -hmm. You would drop a kernel of corn down (laughs) in there and it looked like a piranha bowl that you just stuck a beef shank down in, right? Eating frenzy. Just gone. And you'd pull up your little trout, and you paid for it by weight. Mom and Dad were paying to get in the park. And I took off and ran over to the fishing pond. They had no idea. They looked around, and I was gone. That Um, had to have been harrowing for them. Oh, my gosh. But I was following this connection that was just in my heart. And I ran over to the pond, grabbed a line, didn't ask, figured out, never had done this before, the corn, I you know what? I probably didn't even put corn on it. They were probably that starved. <laughs> Dropped the hook in, had caught this fish, and now the guys wanted their money. No mom and dad. 
So we had to get paged to be reunited. And oh, my goodness. All of this. But that was one of those early. Well, so in college, well, no, in high school, I bought my first boat. In college, I bought a boat, fished. And then the biggest account that I got in television production was a TV show called The Bassmasters, where we covered professional fishing tournaments. And I did that for about 17 years. So I think it's fair to say that fishing is in your blood. It was, you know, <laughs> but after, and it took about 15 years. It was so in my blood that it took about 15 years of working on that show to then toward those later years. And now that you kind of understand my personality a little bit better about wandering and not locking onto one thing for too very long, it took 15 years. It was so strong for me to exhaust that to the point where I just, I didn't care about it anymore. That's amazing. The other was mountains. And again, when we would go to Colorado on family vacations and we would drive from Tulsa because it's basically a straight shot over to Salina, Kansas, and then down and then you go to Tulsa. So it was like a 10-hour drive. We would always drive, never flew. And as we would leave Denver, and there are the mountains to the west, my brother and I are in the back seat of the car looking out, and I'm crying as the mountains get smaller and smaller and smaller in the back. <laughs> I think you still shed a few tears when you leave there. I didn't last night. This is true. You know, she was yeah. sitting by the window flying out of Aspen, and I just, I was re, I was working on my iPod, iPad, iPod, iPad, that thing. You were working. I was doing that, you were yeah, working. typing. So, you know, and that's a good point, is that, again, here was a bow kind of wrapped around it, complete. So one, I don't know where the fishing showed up, but I do know where the mountains showed up because in several past life connections, I realized that I was in the mid-1800s during the gold rush in the western part of the U.S. as a miner. And there were several other things that we won't go into with that, but that was one connection. And definitely with the mountains and maybe with Aspen. I don't know. I never did get that connection there, but it could have been. That's where your fishing could come from as well. You know, you had to fish to survive as a miner. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's why I love fly fishing so much. <laughs> yeah. In the western streams. Now, with that as a background, now let's wind back to the fall of t 2015. And I went to Vail just for a couple of days. You know, I've always kind of needed to just get a break from um, here. <laughs> it's... So anyway, I was in Vail in October of 2015. I had come from 100-degree weather into 50-degree weather. I had come from ugly cow pasture to beautiful aspens in full encounter in the fall like they do. And it just was such a – and I just looked out and I thought, I have got to come up here. I've got to get myself up here. And it was an intention and really not much more than that. It was just saying, I have got to move to Colorado. So with any intention, you always start to put feet to it, right? So I started just doing what you would do if one was going to transition to Colorado. I started looking for a place to live because that's one of the first things you have to lock down, especially in the mountain towns. So I thought I had a place in, in Steamboat Springs. I had found it on Craigslist. It was a price that I could afford, and it was a kind of a triplex thing, and it looked like a really cool place to write. And I was writing my book, Fear Busters, at that time. So I thought, oh, what a great place to go do this. 
And I didn't have a time frame in mind, maybe 60, 90 days, something like that. And all of a sudden, the guy stops returning emails and just gets completely silent. About two or three weeks later, comes back and says, sorry, I've took it off the market. Well, I just kept putting seeds out. And then a friend of mine was on Facebook, and I reached out to her and just told her what I was interested in doing. She called me a couple of weeks later and she said, why don't you come take the place where I am because I'm going back to Denver. I was like, sight unseen, said, okay, done. Now, again, I didn't have a time frame in mind, so I didn't know if that meant for 30 or 60 or 90 days or almost three years. But I sight unseen took this place and headed to Aspen. Now, Aspen is uh, one of the biggest characteristics of Aspen, of course, is it's Aspen trees <laughs> and skiing <laughs> and cost. Uh, and the cost. It's expensive up there. Very expensive. It's expensive to buy. It's expensive to rent. And here the universe just dropped this place in my lap that was not expensive. And when I tell people how little I paid to be in Aspen, I mean, this was a universe thing. It was a synchronicity that that lined up for sure. It is. And so I'd like to maybe pause here because those are, that's your story to get there. But when you look at this from a soul perspective, I think it's that longing that you've always had. You had to be there. There was a soul purpose for you to be there. And all it took was your humanness to say, okay. And everything was already waiting for you. Wow. There's a good point. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's my job, baby. Just to open up to it. Well, it was certainly provided. That's for sure. And... The place where I was was owned by a lady who had lost her husband seven or eight months before I arrived. And then two months after I was there, not even two months after I was there, another very close friend of hers died. So here was this widow, elderly, kind of struggling to get around a little bit. And one thing, okay, so past history, my dad was a financial advisor who by the time I kind of became aware of his business was taking care of widows from his male clients who had passed. So I saw my dad take care of widows beautifully. And all of a sudden I saw a widow who needed some, needed a shoulder. She just had, she had no family in Aspen. And I just decided that I was going to step into that role. Little did I know Here was my dad with his hand right on my shoulder, and you even saw that. I did. And again, I think this was the the soul's journey waiting for you to say, okay. Well, and what I didn't realize that would lead to is being able to complete some things with my mom. Absolutely. Because she had several characteristics that I had not closed the loop with my mom. So the universe gave another opportunity to come in and deal with those issues. In the mountains. Thank you for that. <laughs> and worked through those different things. And then, of course, all the audiobooks. Fred just opened up the storehouse, and it was one audiobook after another. And then if you've listened to all the past episodes, you've heard a lot of the rest of the story about tuning into intuition, just all the other incredible things that happened while I was there. Well, after I came back to Dallas this summer... The house went on the market, and it just closed yesterday. has a new owner. 
And he paid a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) It is Aspen. It is Aspen after all. With killer views. Oh, yeah. It looks right out at the ski mountain and just, I mean, it's a, it's a, it was a magical place. But now that chapter is closed. So that's, those are some behind the scenes looks at what took place over the last couple of years while I was in Colorado. And, you know, like, like we said, flying out, I didn't even look out the window. I mean, it was cloudy for one thing, but I didn't really look out the window because I was complete with it. I was working on our next project. I was over there on my iPad working on what we are working on next. And I'm more excited about that than I am about even going skiing, although skiing this week was pretty That's amazing. because you had two really great I days. I could get distracted from my destiny card thing. <laughs> oh, I had a reading with Rosie today, by the way. Rosie Cutter from the Destiny Card Podcast. Wow. Yeah. Y- <laughs> y'all want to get a good read, do her 90-minute read, and just go for the whole enchilada and go deep because it is incredible. And she records it, so we'll be able to listen to it. But one of the things that Rosie pointed out is that when you're looking at a particular area of your life, so let's just say relationships, on the astrological chart, that's represented by the seventh house. Go back to my law of polarity. You know how I love opposites. If you look at the opposite of the chart, so that would be the first house, there you will find the areas that are opposing or challenging you in relationships. Unless you're me, and then you have Saturn sitting in your seventh house, and you go, no wonder I've been divorced twice. Okay, you sure you know what you're getting into over here? Honey, I've known you a long time. All right, more than just this rodeo. (laughs) She does know. (laughs) So, (laughs) So when you look at the opposite, so here was this soul stuff that wanted to fulfill, and whether that be in the fishing or the mountains or the draw or whatever it is for you, And yet there were all these forces against, you know, got married too early, got divorced, got married again too quickly. You know, the whole thing, go through, have kids, got to get the kids up and out. My daughter had just announced that she was going to Europe for the next semester of school. So I was like, my son was up and out. Now my daughter was going, Majan and I were together, but I was like, I've got to do this. I have got to do this. And you had a little bit of release there too around that. Well, it was, it was just clear. I mean, I, as much as I didn't want you to go, I knew you had to go. There was absolutely no doubt in my mind. So, you know, you might have these little promptings or these yearnings and have reasons why you can't do them. That's the opposite side of the chart. But a lot of times those reasons are your human reasons. Exactly. Here's the soul craving something, and yet the earthly, the earthbound reality of our time and space keeps you from doing that. And that's what I had to break through. And like Majana had said so well, once I broke through that, then the doors opened. And there were these incredible lessons on the other side of that. Just phenomenal. What I would like to emphasize, too, is this was not a whim, right? It wasn't, oh, yes, I just went to Vail, and it was really gorgeous, and, oh, I enjoyed it when I was a kid. This was a deep soul yearning. It was a a push and a pull and a desire that, that was just inescapable. 
And that is so interesting that the universe will bring us to this point where we close these open loops from the past. And I think that was a big piece of this. I do too. There was some kind of karma or some kind of incompletion from the past that this soul experience wanted to close. On a couple levels. One being mom and dad, Mm -hmm. particularly with my mom. And my dad, who was this incredible financial advisor, had his hand on my shoulder. And guys, this is really cool. The other day, while we were there, they showed up. Yes, they did. And they haven't, mom and dad have been kind of quiet for the last little bit. And they, Majana picks up on this. I don't, I, sometimes I have sensed, but what, what did you see? Well, I remember, I don't remember where we were. I was just surprised that they both showed up. Standing behind you, um, and your dad used to show up quite often, but not your mom and not together. And so that was just very cool. And you were kind of talking, we were talking about some of these soul lessons. And they, it's like they showed up to affirm that, yep, this was all right on track. And they were with you the whole time. And this is uh, also the podcast that I was the guest on with Julie. And that link is in the uh, Facebook group, Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast Listeners Facebook group. If you'd like to catch that, where I was a guest on a podcast and mom and dad came through to her too. So there's some stuff going on. You know, and so just maybe a slight deviation because we've talked about the soul's journey and the fact that they haven't been around for a while, but now they're back to me is, you know, they've been busy. They have a life sort of right loosely used there. But they, their soul is still progressing on the other side, and they've been busy finishing a class or whatever. And now they've got a break, and they're coming back to check in. If that's new information, then check out Fred Dodson's audiobook on Audible called Lives of the Soul, and it explains all of that. And it's a quick listen to it. It's less than four hours. But that's, a, that's what she's talking about is what happens after transition. So very cool stuff. Let's kind of put a bow around this because I think there are some relevant takeaways that you can experience. This was like a chapter, a slice out of my life that is closing and wonderful new doors are opening from this. But one of the takeaways is that when you get these prompts to honor it. Now, I'm not saying this is not to say drop everything. And if you are called to the beach and you live in Nebraska, that you pack everything up and head to the beach. No, but... Be aware of it and at least start to lean toward it or to explore or to open to what might this possibility be and where might it lead. And being on the other side of that, I would say, if you're in a relationship with someone who's experiencing that, honor them and support them in that. It's tar- it's, it's hard. you know. It, that's a selfless act, but I, it's so important. Well, and if you want to get some advice from somebody who has done that, email Majana and she will work through that with you because she has been there and she was amazing through that. Majana at subconsciousmindmastery.com and that's spelled M-A-J-O-N-A. Now, another point that you could take from this is to acknowledge the soul journey by releasing attachments to outcomes. Yes, be open. And, you know, it may not be happening or it may not fulfill exactly like your little mind thinks it should or must, right? So you have to be in the space of what's possible, what do you need to release, what do you need to just be open to? 
Right. And you know, everything is possible until you decide what it should be. And then you just completely collapse that infinite field of possibilities. I I love the point that you made earlier, where when I made the choice and leaned in and stepped in, that's when the door opened. Until then, it was closed. And it was closed for decades, because really, I think that call was there all the way back to to high school. I mean, I could have chosen to go to college in Colorado, I guess. Mm -hmm. My parents had let me. Probably wouldn't have, but point is that sure would have saved us a lot if you had done that <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> i could have owned the whole block but uh, <laughs> but you know that i i did i allowed life to direct me instead of setting my own intentions for my own life because that prompt was there at an earlier age it was and through study you've become more aware so all things are perfect and imperfect timing, but I'm just saying now that because you're listening to this podcast and you're hearing this and you're more open to this soul-based experience, then you can jump on these things sooner. But all things will always be in the right time. But if the prompt is there, you can definitely follow it. So let's talk, what do you mean by be open, right? So you were open to going, but then all of these things that happened, you had to be able to afford to live there. You did not line up a job before you went up there. So being open to whatever shows up, does that, if that means you need to wait tables, be open to doing that. Hindsight, you know, is showing us all of how all of this was woven together just in a way that only the universe can do. And if you are set on controlling the the outcome or controlling the process, you're missing the point. Great point. Because I followed the desire to go, not all the things around it. Right. No details. It wasn't about fishing or skiing or this or that. Skiing snuck up on me. I've said that a bunch of times. Did not have an objective to say, oh, I'm going to go be a ski bum. You know, it was it was just I am following this heart yearning to go someplace that I've loved all of my life. That was a passion that was just burning in me. Yeah, again, not a whim. And you have to make it fit within your life too, right? Okay, the last point real quickly here is also accept the closure. Because a lot of these things that are soul-based have an expiration date on them. Mm -hmm. And I think we miss that. And I had to kind of work through that too. I was like, oh, this is so amazing. And I knew it wasn't going to last forever. But I had to be open to when it was time to move on to the next chapter that that was okay. And if you had tried to force it by staying there, who knows what would have happened. But like Fred says in his books, when you're in the middle of the stream and not forcing it, not trying to paddle upstream, just going with it, all is well and you end up where you should be. And you know, that happened because on the last day of the last ski season, I had the prompt that it was time to move on. And I was okay with that. And I didn't know where that was going to lead. Because I didn't know if you and I would get back together at that point. But I was just okay and open to whatever was next. And life is a journey. Boy, isn't it though. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you look now at where we are just not even a year later. And, you know, whole new program coming, working on all kinds of different things. And, I mean, it's like, would I trade where I am right now, even in in a city that I am not the fondest of. <laughs> Was that a nice way to say it? I, I noticed you're trying to lower your resistance. <laughs> I am. I'm working on it. But would I trade where I am right now for where I was this time last year? Not in a million years. 
because I knew then I was where I was supposed to be, and I know now I'm where I'm supposed to be. And that, I hope, listening to this story has given you some ideas, some thoughts, some intuitions, some little prompts, and helps you deal with when your soul wants to take you in a particular direction to possibly close some loops. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience. And that's why we say on this program, enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.